G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. Bruce had seen in a vision a picture of a, of a shop in Broome, and he described it to me. And when we got there, um, we found that shop. And it, two years later, that, that shop ended up being ours. Um, we were able to get hold of it, and it turned it into a travel agency. And then we've relocated it now back to Kananara in the Kimberley, and we're running it again ourselves. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Bruce and Terry Connell are some of the busiest people you'll ever meet. In addition to being the directors of the Kimberley Cruise Centre, they're also the pastors of King's Church in Kununurra, Western Australia. We'll hear their story today and find out what it's like to live and minister in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Bruce and Terry are having a chat with Shelley Scowen. You guys are all about travel, uh, helping people have a great experience when they come to visit the beautiful Kimberley region of Western Australia. What do you love about uh, the whole region where you live? Well, Shelley, first of all, g'day. And um, what we've found over the years is that um, is that there's a lot of people who who've got who've heard about the Kimberley and um, and want to see something new and fresh and different. Do you know much about the Kimberley? Oh, I must admit, I don't. I've actually never been to Western Australia, so that is how uneducated I am on all of this. No, that's okay. There's a lot of people the same. We're a long way from anywhere. Yeah, definitely on my bucket list. Don't get me wrong. I'll be going to Western Australia before I go overseas, but just not in the stage of life at the moment. Our closest shopping, biggest shopping centre is Catherine, and that's 500 kilometres. But if we want to go a bit more serious, we go to Darwin, and that's 850 k's. So, wow. Um, but that's actually closer than the other side of the Kimberley. So we're in the East Kimberley in Kununurra, and we're right next to the Northern Territory border. And um, our, the other side of the Kimberley is Broome, and that's about 1,050 kilometres away. So, um, and it's, it's the biggest town in the Kimberley. So it's the West Kimberley. It's the gateway to the West Kimberley. We're in the gateway to the East Kimberley. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, in that, in that thousand kilometres, which is 421,000 square kilometres, uh, there are about 40,000 people. So it's wow. one of the most vastly populated areas on earth. And hence why there aren't a whole lot of shopping centres. Yeah, that's <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the locals actually head to Perth. Are you talking literally like to go and buy new clothes? You're travelling thousands of kilometres. That's right, exactly. Wow. Uh, there is a target. We do have target in town now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that must have been a pretty big development. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good actually. <laughs> I like well used the- by the locals. I've got to say, that's one thing I enjoy about living in the city. 15 minutes and I'm at a big shopping centre. <laughs> Five yeah, minutes yeah. and I'm at a small shopping centre. So yeah. that's pretty great. But we don't have, uh, I mean, there's obviously a whole lot of beautiful things that you've got there that I don't have here in my little <laughs> suburb as well. Yeah, well, that's one of the beauties up here. We've, we've, as you said before, we've been involved in the travel industry for, um, I think, 17 or 18 years up here now. And um, 
we started off with a um, small travel agency in Broome and, and it sort of grew into three or four different directions, which was local tours, then Kimberley tours, and we were doing also doing domestic and international uh, travel in the old days, but we've come back to now, we're just doing the Kimberley cruises. So we, we just focus on the um, coastline. I mean, we still do some inland um, in um, four-wheel drive safari sort of things. In fact, our, our son's taken over the um, safari business we set up a few years ago, and he's out there doing the touring side. But um, on the coastal side of things, there's about a dozen boats that do between Broome and Darwin, and there's about 2,500 kilometres of coastline around the edge of the Kimberley. And in that, in that whole section, there's all sorts of magnificent um, scenery. We've got some massive, like, um, 80-metre cliffs with waterfalls. And um, mm. and depending on the season, because, they, you know, I, well, not knowing anything about the Kimberley, the season up here runs from March, which is the end of the wet season, through until about September, October. And um, from theoretically, from March till October, we've had just about no rain. So that's when wow. people come, and, and our weather up here in, say, May through till July, August even, is just absolutely perfect. We're probably 15 degrees overnight, 15 to 18 degrees overnight, and 27 to 30 degrees during the day. Nice. And that's the middle of your winter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, we pretty don't good. actually have a winter. We got rid of all our jumpers about 10 years ago, <laughs> probably 15 years ago. We only, we only kept one in case we go south during that during the dry season and then we well, need to freeze. Are the waterfalls better just after wet season, like in the yeah, early part yeah, of the season? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's, um, we, we sort of call that the waterfall season and that's become very popular now. Probably probably May is the first time to book out in the Kimberley. Like, um, it's, it was traditionally people always came in um, June, July, August. And then as the uh, more and more photos got circulated, there was the big waterfall or something. Next thing, May became really popular and even April now, it's, it's right on the end of that really hot wet season but it's when the fishing's the best because we've got great fishing up here yep. and uh, all the barramundi and that sort of sports fishing as well as lots of good table fish and then um and the waterfalls are pumping so that may times become really popular wow i mean there's mm. so much going for the region is there a reason why it's not more densely populated is it just the fact that it is fairly remote like what's I the story i think that's the biggest thing you know like the fact that we're just so far and it's like even now we've been here 20 years and um, and still when we go to visit family, it's, it's a big, big trip. Um, it's yeah. like, um, I mean, this, this is home for us now, but it's, um, when we go over east and see our parents, that sort of thing, Christmas, whatever, and it's, um, it's a big mission. I'm sure. And it's for a lot of people, that isolation really is the barrier. It's too much. So a lot of people come for a short time and have a look and enjoy it and then um, just say, I could, you know, nice place to visit, I couldn't live here. Yeah. I suppose the other side of that is the extreme extremities of like it's just starting to get warm. It's 42 most days at the moment, 38 to 42, is our, and then it just gets hotter from now. Yeah, so you've got to be able to hack the climate then. Yeah, definitely. And by the time you get to like December, you've had a couple of months of um, pretty much mid-40s a lot of the time. Oh. So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty... Be tough if you're working outside. That's for sure. Yeah, you want to hope your air conditioner doesn't break down as well. <laughs> yeah, air conditioned house, your air conditioned cars, your air conditioned office, and, yep. uh, and then off to the air conditioned shopping centre. I often take my hats off to the pioneers. Yes. They do the stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. You guys just love getting out and seeing God's creation and I guess directing other people as well. You help people plan their holidays to get out and see God's creation. What a great way to spend your time. I guess basically just appreciating the beauty that God has put around us. It's amazing up here, you know, Shelley. We're we're in the middle of, we've got a, a magnificent place here. We, we're in a little property called Eden. And um, it's just it's a real good reminder to us of how it all began, you know, in the beginning, God. And it doesn't matter where you go up here because there's just so many stunning, isolated, beautiful areas. And um, uh, crowds seem to be the last bit of our problems. But, um, <laughs> I mean, with our business, especially out on the coast, the boats, you know, people are worried because there's a dozen boats out there now that they might actually see another boat on the same day. But, oh, um, how terrible. Um, yeah, that's pretty tough. But, um, <laughs> but on the inland, I mean, it's become very popular for the four-wheel drivers to go through along the Gid River Road and um, places like El Questro and, and um, Home Valley have become bigger now, like Argyle. But, um, but even still, a, a big crowd would be a couple of hundred people. That'd be really, you'd, you'd be looking for somewhere else to go. Mm. So, so, um, so what made you start this business in the first place? Um, I'll, I'll pass over to Terry for that one. She's, she's the um, travel agent. All right. I was happy gardening. <laughs> <laughs> Shelley, when we were first in Broome, like Bruce said, we were happy gardening. Uh, he was happy gardening and um, I had a travel agency licence um, from years earlier and um, there was one day when God said, oh, don't give up your licence and um, we thought we were just going over there with um, ministry and church planting. But um, when we arrived in Broome, we discovered that... Um, that, that God, in in fact, wanted us to also work work full time um, in um, in jobs there as well. And so, uh, within two weeks of arriving in Broome, this back in 1996, um, I went and worked for a local travel agency. And um, before we'd been there, we went on a prayer mission um, before moving to Broome. And Bruce had seen in a vision a picture of a, of a shop in Broome, and he described it to me. And when we got there, um, we found that shop. And, um, and it was a closed shop at the time. We wondered, well, what was the big fuss that God was showing this to Bruce mm. and, um, beforehand? And it, two years later, that, that shop ended up being ours. Um, we were able to get hold of it and it turned it into a travel agency um, for local and, and um, international um, travel. And wow. so that's how we sort of moved into the business. And at the same time, we were running a church. We did the same, um, we, we took all that with us when we moved up to Kananora and uh, brought our travel agency business with us after it spent a, a time in Sydney for several years being run by our daughter. And then we've relocated it now back to Kananora in the Kimberley and we're running it again ourselves. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Bruce and Terry Connell, the directors of Kimberley Cruise Centre and also the pastors of King's Church in Kununurra, Western Australia. We'll find out more of their story and more about the beautiful Kimberley region when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen chatting with Bruce and Terry Connell, the directors of Kimberley Cruise Centre and also the pastors of King's Church in Kununurra, Western Australia. And as we've been hearing, they both love to get out and see God's creation. And they also love to help other people enjoy the beautiful Kimberley region. Now, here's more of their story. God just continues to bless us and, and he said at one stage, don't give up on the ship. And we were at that time deciding whether or not to sell that travel agency business and we felt God was saying, no, don't do that. And and since we um, then held on to it, he just blessed it beautifully and um, been able to support us in running our church and um, the things that we need. And what we, we see these days is um, people like Steve Grace, who's been up here several times for us to do some outreach concerts, um, Bruce and Steve uh, had a vision several years ago to invite other people to come on tour with him and see the Kimberley as a tour during some concerts that, that Steve would be running across the Kimberley. And wow. the first one we did was a few years ago and about 40 people were on that tour. It was just a wonderful success because those people came along to have a look at what Steve Grace was doing in his ministry with mostly with the Aboriginal people across the Kimberley, but also those people got to see places like Dickey Gorge and El Cuestro with all the um, the gorges and, and waterfalls that you can swim in out there and then across to Broome and Winjana Gorge and see the, all the crocodiles. And so a ministry tour mixed in with having having opportunities to see the Kimberley. Yeah. So we've continued to do that sort of thing right up till today. Yeah, it's a great initiative where people can can combine a few of their different loves and um, yeah, have a wonderful trip for for various different reasons. I love that whole idea. And another part of that too, Shelley, was that um, part of the dream was that we would connect people, say from the city, because as you know, like a lot of people are interested in missions and um, getting out and doing something that's um, beyond their own doorsteps. And um, and one of the things out here, we've found a lot of people come out here, like ministry people come out here with a vision, with a dream, and then they're sort of under-resourced. And, and I just know that from our early city days that there'd be lots of people who, if they knew what the dreams and the visions of these people were, then they'd be, they'd be wanting to come along and help them, you know. And, um, and so, um, and that's already happened. A few of the people that we've brought on these tours, I mean, a lot of people just come along and it's, we'll just, we just have a great time anyway, but then... And then on their own initiative, you know, part of the tour is meeting other ministry um, people across the Kimberley. So, like, there's um, some churches in Kununurra that have already been um, uh, other, other churches other than ours that have people come along and help them out during the season that came on tours with us. And then there's the Halls Creek and Fitzroy Crossing and Derby. And there's some tremendous works out there going on at the moment. You know, like, there's, there's, there's in Derby, there's... Um, Paul White's got um, three planes and he's going, he's got, um, he's got chaplains going to 12 communities a week, every oh, wow. week. And um, it's just some amazing stuff. And it's like it's not funded by um, any government thing or anything. It's just it's been a dream that God's funded for them. And, um, and you know, I mean, the churches in Broome, again, we've been able to connect back again with them after we, we had 10 years there. And then we, we've been in Kununurra now 10 years. And so um, we've been able to connect up people in, in those churches with people from cities and share the vision, share the dream and um, all sort of connected up together. So it's, it's been, um, we've seen the beginnings anyway. I think there's going to be a lot more. Yeah. God certainly uh, put you there for a reason, hey? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it would be. Um, yeah, yeah. Puts you out here a long way from, from trouble, I think. <laughs> yeah, it keeps you out of trouble, then. Yeah. Well, you are kept out of trouble. In the, I'm sure you must be very busy people. Running a business is a more than full-time job. Being a pastor is a more than full-time job as well. So I don't know. How do you manage to do both? Um, in, we in delegate a lot. <laughs> yeah. We found that that's, that that's the key. We, we found that, um, that we were able to invite more people in the church to start taking on roles that, that we felt that they were ready for. That's great. To let them have a go. And that's what we see with the New Testament church, that yeah. the people were involved and they were motivated and they were excited to, to get about um, God's business um, in, in different ways. And, and we were finding that here, that, uh, that people in church... And even people in churches around um, our city, well, not a city, it's a town, <laughs> um, around Kununurra, we're starting to find that a few of them are more motivated than, than before. You know, we're even um, involved with some of those people and inviting them to join us um, in, in different roles to, to, to work together, I guess. I was just talking with one other lady today from another church and how, how she can get more involved in some things that we're doing and... Um, and she's quite excited about that. So we found delegating um, a lot of things that we were doing to mm. others, and, and we're really excited, particularly in the last two years, that those people have really stepped up, and they're doing a great job. There's such things like um, Aboriginal uh, ministry with children on the streets um, and like various men's meetings and, and counselling roles, um, all those sorts of things. Uh, we're just starting to see them really taking off and doing well. Do you find that people are kind of sitting there almost just waiting to be asked? Like it doesn't actually take a whole lot of convincing for some people uh, to get them to step up and do these roles? Yes, definitely. Although I'm finding more so lately that, that people being asked are much more willing. A few years ago uh, we tried this and there were very few who wanted to have a go, whereas... I think it's more like that. I guess we were praying, saying, and, and asking God, we need some help. Um, it was too much for us at one stage, and and it, it's almost, I, I guess, like God heard that prayer and started to soften the hearts of other people that were ready to step into some roles because I was surprised then in re-asking them that they, they, they were a lot more keen to say, yes, I'll have a go. Mm. So um, that's certainly been an answer to prayer in a few areas for us. Yeah, I know that's one of the signs of good leadership anyway, is to be training up the people underneath you to almost do yourself out of a job, uh, in that it's so important to have people that are getting trained up, the next generation, the next people, so that if you guys get hit by a bus, the you know the church won't stop running. Um, <laughs> or if God calls you on somewhere else, it's not like the church is going to fall to pieces because you've got people strategically in these roles and you're training them up, uh, as I say, nearly to put yourself out of a job. Ideally, yes. And I mean, that, that's really the, um, the mission for every church, isn't it? Yeah. To get people involved. And because everyone, every, every Christian has, has gifts that God gives and, and, and needs the opportunity to develop those and, and, and to work in those particular areas. And, and, and then it all just bring God, it brings God um, the glory that he deserves, you know, people out there having a go. And it also motivates people, it excites people when they're able to use their giftings and see, uh, see things happen, see people um, come to salvation and, and growing in their faith because they're having a go. Mm. You mentioned a few of the ministries of your church there. It sounds like you have quite a big focus on outreach there. 
Yeah, um, most of what we do is is focused towards outreach. About half our church now is Aboriginal, and um, so that, that's that's quite it's quite different to how we would um, work with um, non-Aboriginal groups, if you like, the, the way that we um, we consult with them and things that they do. We we have one of our uh, well, two of our leaders are, are Aboriginal ladies, and um, they help us in in working out how to approach the different groups um, to reach them. Uh, whereas with with the, for example, we've got other groups that there are more white ladies involved in that, and it's totally different dynamics again. So it, it's it's um, there's a lot of cross cultural work that goes on, if you like, but it's yeah. taken a lot of years to work out how to do that, how to manage that, and balance it. Mm. And um, and and I quite often see that it's like living on another island with two totally different people groups and how to bring those together and be able to work effectively and successfully and keep pointing us all to God in the one mission, if you like. Yeah, it is interesting where uh, we can just look at things from two different perspectives and then obviously having to look at it from God's perspective as well and really having to dig back into the Bible to go, okay, well, I think it's this, you think it's that. Let's see what God says, and and maybe we're both wrong. Maybe we're both right. You know, it must have exactly. must have um, presented some interesting challenges. Yeah, mm. yeah. I love the thinking uh, because the general popular. You said about that your church is approximately fifty percent in indigenous. The general yes. area though has about a similar kind of proportion, doesn't it? That's right. It yeah. is. Yes. Kananara itself is um, half and half. Yeah. You know, Shirley, when we had Steve Grace was here a couple of weeks ago, and we had a concert, and we looked around the hall, and there was. Um, 15 nationalities represented there. Wow. Yeah, so it's like um, we've become pretty multicultural up here too. So I mean, yeah. Bruce probably even more so, but um, it's, um, yeah, there's, there's a pretty broad spectrum up here. Well, I think you guys are uh, a bit of an inspiration. I guess just serving God and where he's put you. Hey, like just listening to you talking, you know, God told us to do this, so we did. And God told us yeah. to do that, so we did. And I think that's the, the most important thing, even when, you know, his... His directing might sound a little bit far-fetched or a bit full-on. Like, you, I mean, you had that vision of the shop and, you know, there it was in the street when you went and found it. Uh, I guess that's a pretty clear guidance too. But uh, it's so great that you said yes to God because that's really the best place to be is in the middle of his will, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having a bit of a chat with us this morning and telling your story. It's great. Thanks, Shelley. <laughs> If you'd like to, in the Kimberley one day. I was going to say, if you'd like to know more <laughs> about Bruce and Terry's business, then head to KimberleyCruises.com. Uh, some beautiful photos, if nothing else, of the scenery, and that will be enough to whet your appetite and uh, want to jump on one of their boats. KimberleyCruises.com to catch up and find out more. Thanks so much. God bless you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Well, I don't know about you, but after hearing Bruce and Terry Connell chat with Shelley Scowan about the Kimberley region... I'm getting a little curious to have a look myself. It sounds like a very special place to live or visit, full of God's beautiful and wondrous creation. To learn more about that area, a good place to start is Bruce and Terry's website, KimberlyCruises.com. That's KimberlyCruises.com. 
Com. Bruce and Terry are the directors of Kimberley Cruise Centre and would be happy to answer any questions you have. Also, while you're in the area, make sure you stop by King's Church in Kununurra, where Bruce and Terry are the pastors. They'd love to worship with you. Finally, we'll end with these Bible verses. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Well, thanks for joining us for Bruce and Terry's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. It's been a roller coaster ride. I really understand what Jesus went through, being persecuted by half the people and loved by the other half. We kind of had at least two levels of government trying to close us down. We had a Christian school take us to playing an environment court because we didn't want us in their backyard. Yeah, it was really <laughs> been quite traumatic in the last five years. But um, I tell you what, it's so worth it when you get um, a couple of people off drugs. Jason and Lisa Lokes are the founders and general managers of Sheltered by Grace, a homeless shelter located just south of Brisbane. They'll share their story and how the Lord led them to start the shelter next time. The story. story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.